Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to this week's message from Zoe Church. We're so happy to have you with us. As always, thank you to every person that likes, subscribes, comments, shares, and journeys with us as we try and get closer to Jesus. I also want to thank, on the first Sunday of every month, we thank every person that gives faithfully and partners with us to help get the message of Jesus out around the world. If you'd like to give, you can text Zoe to 77977 and we'll shoot you a link. Or you can go to our website and give stock or crypto or any form of giving. And thank you to every person that does that. This week we are starting a brand new series called New Beginnings. Come on, let's jump in to part one. Uh, go in your Bible with me. Turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 29, verse number one. We're going to jump in today. We're starting a brand new series today. Okay, maybe you forgot how we roll. I'm going to say it again because I just, we work best off interaction. We're starting a brand new series today. There we go. I know Westside was just roaring right there. Chad and Ryan even made a sound right there. Come on. He looked up. Love you, Chad and Ryan. We're starting a brand new series today called New Beginnings. We're getting ready for this new season that God has you in. This new start of the school year. By the way, if you're new to Zoe, every time we start a school year or start a new year in general, we take 21 days to seek God. And so not this Monday, but the next Monday, we're taking 21 days to pray and fast. And so uh, we'll have three opportunities for you to join us, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6 a.m., uh, 6 to 7 a.m., and then Saturday nights at 6. We'd love to have you come pray, and we're going to seek God, because I think God wants to speak. One of the great things about God is God is not mute, and God is not deaf. God hears your prayers, and God speaks to you about your life. And so we're going to seek God for his plans and his purposes, and we're going to get kind of that, well, I like when the Bible says, I got to decrease so that he can increase. And so we're going to pray and fast. And this fasting is a little bit different. In the new year, we ask you to fast from food. So as a church, we get right. You know, because of your rebellion in December. But this one is kind of choose your own adventure fast. Julia and I are fasting from spending money. Somebody praise God that that woman is not spending money for 21 days. I don't want to see no Target receipts in my house. Ain't an Amazon box showing up at my house for 21 days. You choose what you want to fast, but we, we're going to fast and we're going to pray. We're going to seek God as a church. Because I, by the way, can I just say this? God's not done with L.A., the city of Los Angeles. God is looking for some people that would receive his vision and his purposes and his plans for this city. And so we're getting ready for this new beginning. And I don't know what the last chapter of your life looked like. Some of you are like, a horror story. Um, <laughs> I don't know what last chapter looked like. Uh, but I, I really believe this next chap chapter of your life, maybe it could be God-breathed. You know, the Bible was written by, by men who God <clears throat> overwhelmed their pen. And it was not man writing anymore. It was God writing. And maybe God can take over your life and start writing a better story than you're writing. Yeah. 
You know, something bubbling up on the inside of you that the Holy Spirit wants to do. Amen? And so, new beginnings. I want to just kind of for today's start, kind of let you know what you need and what I need for a fresh start. That if we're going to have a new beginning that has God all over it, we're going to, we're going to need to follow a script. We're, ne- we're going to need to have the right template or the right model of what it looks to start fresh, to start new. And I have been thinking about King Hezekiah. While we were away, um, I made it my mission every morning to get up early in the morning and to have my coffee. We were in a few different cities, so I had to plan ahead. And I go through a Bible reading plan you know, every day. I've done this for a number of years. And during our break, I was in First and Second Chronicles. And I was reading about the kings that God had placed in Judah. And one of them stood out to me, and his name is Hezekiah. Which as soon as I hear that name, I'm like, that's regal right there. <laughs> like, just like, if today if you name your son Hezekiah, it's kind of like, whoa. It's a long way from some of these current names that we're hearing today. Like, I'm all for naming your kid Fig, but I like Hezekiah better. <laughs> and so Hezekiah is 25 years of age when he takes over. And so when I read that, I thought about what I was doing when I was 25, which was not ruling nations. And so he's 25 years old, and he's appointed king. And the guy before him is a knucklehead. Ahaz, who was before Hezekiah, worshipped foreign gods, set up idols, and turn God's people's hearts away from following God. Which I got to just say to you, you need to be careful who you hang out with. Because if you keep bad company, the Bible says bad company will corrupt good character. So you might love God, but if you get around the wrong people, they will turn your heart from being zealous about God. In fact, Solomon, who was a king before Hezekiah, Solomon, God says, do not marry foreign women because they're going to turn your heart away from following God. What he's saying is, I don't care how wise and smart you are, you are not too far above the influence of others. So you need to understand about you and I. I am the sum total of my influences. And by the way, your influences don't choose you. You choose them. And so Ahaz has chosen the wrong path and took God's people down a bad path. And, and here comes Hezekiah. I want to call him Hezzy. And Hezzy comes in on the scene and he says, uh-uh, not on my watch. See, I don't know what your parents did, but just because they did it doesn't mean you have to do it. Yeah, there's an old saying, I got, I got Jesus in my heart, but grandpa in my bones. You might have some of your granddad's addictions. You might have some of your grandma's problems. But I'll tell you, the blood of Jesus is more powerful than any generational curse, than anything that's been running through your family. Come on, somebody thank God. I, it stops with me. Just because your parents were alcoholics doesn't mean you got to be an alcoholic. 
Just because your parents got divorced doesn't mean you have to get divorced. And sometimes you got to make a decision. It stops with me. And so here comes Hezzy. And he says, uh-uh. We ain't rolling like that no more. And so watch what it says, 2 Chronicles 29. Look at this. It says, now Hezekiah became king when he was 25, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Abijah, that's rough, and the daughter of Zechariah, totally in bounds. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father David had done. In the first year of his reign, in the first month, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and he repaired them. I want to give you four things to write down today that Hezekiah did for a new beginning that you need for a new beginning. Write down number one, he did what was right. He did. See, I think that life is about discerning between what is right and wrong. Between what is good and what is evil. Between what is blessing and what is cursing. And I want to remind you what the Bible says. That you're not a robot. God gave you free will. That you get to choose. And I love Deuteronomy. Look on the screen. I love Deuteronomy 30. This day I call heavens and earth as witnesses against you. I have set before you life and death. Blessing and cursing. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. You need to realize your decisions don't stop with you. They affect others. And so here comes God and he says, I'm setting before you on the menu. Don't you like going to a place that only has like three options on the menu? Saves Julia half of her time. I don't like going to these places. That's why I don't go to Cheesecake Factory no more. Cheesecake Factory is all messed up. It got pages. It looked like a Bible. Just flip it. You telling me the, the guys back there can make all this? Oh, heck no. I, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. You telling me you're a master of Asian and Italian? My God. I just like God. God's like, it's not rocket science. You got life or death. You got blessing or cursing. You got good and evil. You got spirit and flesh. You got my way or your way. You got the narrow path or the highway to hell. Choose wisely. Stop blaming other people for where you're at. Stop giving away the narrative over your life. Stop living with a victim mentality. Nobody chose you to be where you're at. You chose where you're at. Somebody thank God I got the power to help with by the power of God to choose life. And Hezekiah said, we're going to do the right thing because I'm sick of the wrong thing. I could write a book about all the dumb things I've done. How about you? I could, I could sit here and tell you stories. I said the wrong thing there. I did the wrong thing there. I, I went the wrong way there. I went the wrong path there. I could tell you mounds of dumb decisions. And so could you. When I should have gone right, why did I go? When I was supposed to be in Nineveh, how did I end up in Tarshish? And this is all just getting better at connecting the dots between who you want to be and who you are and closing the gap between what is wrong and what is right. And I want to just say this as plain as possible to you because it's going to affect you and your children. Do the right thing. With my boys, you know, they seldomly do this. The right thing. 
And so when I, you know, when I discipline them, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, because someone told me, don't, don't, don't correct your children when they're over there and you're over here. You know, bring them to you and look them in the eyes. And so one of the things I've been telling them, you know, this summer especially, I've been telling my boys, boys, listen, it's always the right time to do the right thing. You know, the enemy will tell you that what Ahaz and what your parents and what so-and-so did to you, you, this is who you're going to be. But the gospel of Jesus Christ and the grace of God will say, no, it's a new day. It's a new beginning. It's a new season. It's a new hour. It's a new era tour. No? it's, It's always the right time to do the right thing. It's always the right time to, to tell the truth. It's always the right time to get your money right. It's always the right time to get your morals right. It's always the right time to get that coffee. It's always the right time. That was a word for somebody. I felt the, felt the church respond to it. It, 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 it. It's always the right time to repent and to get clean and to say you're sorry. It's the right time to get in counseling. It's the right time the right time to tell the truth about what you've done and where you're going. It's the right time. And don't believe the lie of the enemy that's like you've, you've destroyed too much and you've messed it up too much and you've gone too far and everybody knows who you are. That's the lie. Your phone's ringing. And, and, and it's the wrong time. And you know, what I'm saying? you know what I'm saying? Had to. Had to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, had to. Now I'm wrong. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, be right when living wrong feels so good? Um, but Hezekiah comes in and he, and, he, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he says, you know, there's a lot of wrong in the culture. There's a lot of wrong in my home. There's a lot of wrong that's going on here. And I'm going to make it right. I'm going to do the right thing. And I love that because, you know what, you might be here going like, man, I, I, you know, I, I want to do what's right, but I don't know. That's why I like being married, because a lot of times it's like, Julia, tell me what to wear. Tell me what you want me to text them. Tell me. I love being under authority. Somebody tell me what to do. And if you ever are wondering if you're right or wrong, go to God. Because it doesn't matter what a man or a woman says about you. It doesn't matter what your spouse says about you. It matters what God says about you. Who cares if thousands praise you, but one doesn't? You already have his acceptance, but the question is, do you have his approval? I want to live my life in the way that God approves of the way I behave, approves of the decisions I make. That's why you got to say this prayer, Psalm 139. It says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the right way. Lead me in the everlasting life. Lead me. I don't want to go down the path of crookedness. I don't want to go down the path of deviant behavior. I don't want to go path the, down the path of duplistic tendencies. I don't want to go down the path of a liar. I don't want to go path the, da- the path of a home wrecker. I want to go down the path of righteousness, the path of holiness, the path of everlasting life. So show me what's wrong. When you're filled with pride and you're living for yourself, you're like, oh, I don't want to give God a shot because I like my little deviant tendencies and I like doing my own thing and I like having a foot in here and a foot there. Listen, you can't live with blessing and cursing. You can't live with right and wrong. You got to set your face on God's path. You got to say, this is the will of God. I'm not, come on, clap and thank him. I'm not messing around no more. Hezekiah 
did what was right in the sight of God. Do you remember, I was in high school when these came out. Do you remember WWJD bracelets? We used to rock them things, man. I had the green, red, black, and orange. And you rock that thing, you know, you'd be in your school rocking a little, like, just so you know, ha, Jesus. Pulling away in my car in the high school parking lot, listening to Biggie as loud as I can, but I still got my bracelet. But the bracelet was useful. The bracelet was good because the bracelet forced you to ask the question, in this situation, in this circumstance that I'm in, what would, what would he do? And just asking the question sometimes gave us the answer. Well, whatever he would do, it certainly wouldn't be what I'm doing right now. So put the white claw down and start following Jesus. Okay, that's a word for somebody too. The wicked and perverse generation, that's a word for somebody. Someone's taking notes like, he told us to stop. (laughs) (laughs) I missed you guys so much, man. Just correcting you and stuff, man. I missed it. (laughs) Just asking the question helps us find the answer. Lord, I want to do everything that pleases you. And I don't want to be saying things and doing things. And operating in ways that you don't approve of. And so if I got idols, tear them down. If I've got things in my life that don't please you. Look at the, listen, listen to the purity of David's heart. Look at Psalm 19. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. My strength and my reading. May the words that come out of me. The things I think about, may they be right. By the way, if you have wrong words, it's only because of a reflection you got a bad heart. Because your words don't need fixing. Remember when you were growing up, my parents used to say, if you say a bad word, we're going to wash your mouth out with soap. That right there will make you stop cussing right there. But it doesn't matter if I get my mouth washed and my heart's dirty. I got to come before God and say, Lord, I want a right heart. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. Renew a right spirit in me, God. Because I want to be like Hezekiah. And I want to be like Jesus. I want to do what's right in the sight of God. And in my house, we're going to do the right thing. In my business, we're going to do the right stuff. In my relationships, they're going to be right. In my marriage, we're going to do the right. In my parenting, it's going to be right stuff. It's going to be God stuff. It's going to be Jesus stuff. It's going to be truth stuff. It's going to be freedom stuff. It's not going to be the wrong thing. It's going to be the right thing. So the first thing he did was he did what was right in the sight of God. The second thing, right right down number two, is that he took time to repair. Look at verse number two, three. In the first year of his reign, in the first month, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and he repaired them. He repaired them. See, because one of the things when God gives you a new chapter is he will, before he starts writing the next chapter, he will ask you to go, ask you to go back and put a period or an exclamation point on the last chapter. Some of you keep waiting on a new word from God, but God don't give you a new word until you're obedient to the last word. Stop asking God to do something new when you haven't fulfilled something old. It got quiet in here. Everybody's like. Shots fired. See, a lot of times what happens is that we're like, God, do the new thing. And God's like, no. 
For you, I'm going to do an old thing. Because it's not always about the new car smell. And it's not always about the new relationship. Some of us are too afraid to go back and repair things that we broke. And so it's like, I don't want to even look at it. I don't want to face it. I don't want to acknowledge it. I, want to, I don't want to go. I don't even want to revisit that pain and that trauma and that issue. I just want, I want, to, I want, to, I want, to, I want something new. Because the new car smell, oh, do I love it. And the new friends, they're so exciting. Show me, the, show me the friends that you've been around for a couple decades. Show me the people you've had highs and lows with. You've had conflict with and resolved it. It's not always about new. Sometimes it's about repairing the broken thing that you messed up. And here Hezekiah is taking responsibility and saying, I'm not going to blame Ahaz and what Ahaz did and what Ahaz messed up. And he didn't even say Ahaz. We're going to repair it. Because there's nothing that is too far gone that God can't bring home. And there's nothing that's too far broken that my God can't restore. Come on, clap. Westside, clap with us. And thank God, he's a God of restoration. And when you break something, God doesn't say go get something new. He says let's restore it together. Let's restore that brokenness. He repaired. He repairs. What's God asking you to go repair? What, 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 is it a relationship? Is it a bank account? Is it a credit score? Is, what, is, what is it? It needs repairing. Look, a lot of times God will give you the strength. Oh, look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can't do it on my own. In my own power, I can't repair my marriage. In my own power, I can't redeem my reputation. In my own power, I can't go back and fix what I've done. But by the power of Jesus. I can repair. I can restore. I can revive. I can renew. Anybody thankful today that God will give you the power to come and bring healing to that which is broken. Look here in this promise. Malachi chapter 4 verse 2. But, but to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall rise with healing in his wings. And so what does God need to heal in you? What does God need to heal in your world? What does God need to get a hold of to repair? Because he's an expert in fixing broken things. If you broke it, God can fix it. And a lot of times God doesn't just send an angel to go, just you sit on the sideline and let the mob squad in and the Ghostbusters, Holy Ghostbusters are going to come in and you just sit here and we'll fix it. And then you can move along. No, a lot of times God's like, I'm going to use your mouth and I'm going to use your hands and I'm going to use your phone and I'm going to use your house and I'm going to use your time and we're going to repair what's been broken. And I want to encourage you, no matter how big the mess looks, don't be intimidated because if God is for you, who can be against you? I got a text from somebody in our community yesterday. I showed Julia. This person was saying, I just want to give you a little bit more of my testimony. Started telling us what, you know, who this person was in the past and got into details of what they'd done. And Julia and I did not know this about this person and kind of going on on, on what God had delivered them and set them free from and some really graphic and horrific things that had been done to this person and through this person. And they let us know, but today I'm celebrating Listen to this. But I want to let you know that today I'm celebrating two years of sobriety. Can we clap for everybody that's sober in our community? If you're online right now, West Side here, we honor you. 
Because you know what that tells me? That tells me that you have the ability to get something right. That you have the ability to go back and repair what was broken. Don't be intimidated by what you broke or what others broke in your life. Maybe you've broken trust. God can rebuild trust. Maybe you've broken your name. God, look at Rahab. God can rebuild a reputation. Maybe you've broken uh, 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 things that, you, you know, you haven't been living by his principles and truths. God will show you how to repair. So the first thing he did was he said, we're going to get some things right. And the second thing he did, he said, we're going to open the doors of the house. Which, by the way, I just want to let you know for every location, we're open 15 minutes before service. And I think we should start coming to church earlier. And we should start getting to the house of God, getting excited for what God wants to speak and what God wants to do at Zoe. Come on, give me a little bit more clap right there. The doors are open. We didn't have a Sunday morning church service at Zoe for 17 months. So now every Sunday morning, I come with a little bit more gratitude, a little bit more hunger, and a little bit more excited. Somebody say amen. amen. So he, 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 he did what was right, and he opened the doors of the house of God, and he repaired what the enemy had broke. And the third thing he did, look at this, write down number three. He got rid of the rubbish. Verse 5, and they said to him, hear me, Levites, now sanctify yourself, sanctify the house of the Lord God of your fathers, and carry out the rubbish from the holy places. Carry out the rubbish from the holy places. I want to give you the title of my message right now. The title of my message today is called Trash Day. Because I think that's what today is. Today is Trash Day for some of y'all. And I don't know what trash day looks like at your house, but when Julie and I first moved to L.A. and we were starting a church and we were extremely busy, for some reason in our cul-de-sac, trash day was on Monday mornings. The worst morning for a preacher to have garbage day is on Monday morning. And for some reason, they started in our hood. So for years, every Monday morning, at about 6 in the morning, you would hear from a down the street that garbage truck come circling around. I can still hear today. And Julia would shove me. Did you take out the garbage? You already know the answer. I didn't take out the garbage. So I had to jump out of bed. My hair's going 50 Holy Spirit directions. Find some shorts and a t-shirt, run out and take the garbage out. Just kind of looking at the guy like, why? <laughs> because some of your own sons. Now, I don't know what trash day looks like for you, but I want to tell you, today is trash day. We got to clear out the garbage, clear out the rubbish, clear out the trash, clear out the stinking thinking. Some of you need to delete some contacts. Some of you need to erase some apps. Some of you need to get rid of some stuff that's been holding you down. Clean out the trash. It's trash day. All the garbage has to go. Give them a praise right now. It's trash day in the name of Jesus. Get rid of the garbage. Get rid of the trash. Get rid of the junk. Get rid of the stuff. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Look on the screen. It says this. Therefore, 
since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Therefore, therefore, get rid of all the trash, all the sin that so easily slows you down and tangles you up. Have you ever noticed that sin will seize you that fast? And sin will creep in and all of a sudden you give him a foothold and it became a stronghold. And all of a sudden you've got cords of sin attached to your life. Some of you today need to break the cord and find freedom that is only found in Jesus Christ. You are not a slave to sin. You are a slave to Jesus. You are not a slave to who you used to be. You're a slave to who you're called to be. You are not by your mistake. You are called by forgiveness of Jesus. Come on, clap a little bit louder. I'm doing... I'm running my race. And so it's trash day. I'm not saying you should look somebody in a church and call them trash. How was church? Well, he called you trash. Say what? What I'm, what I'm saying is, you know, you got, you got garbage in your life. And you got, you got, you got sin that easily entangles you. And the Bible says if you repent of your sin and you get right, that you'll be cleansed from your sin. And times of refreshing will come from the presence of God. I want to let you know that it's hard to do the right thing and stay in sin. It's hard to live for God and be chained to something. It's hard to follow after God's will for your life and be ensnared in sin. And thank God for the power of the gospel because Jesus said you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. He said, if you are in me, if you are my son, you shall know the truth and that truth is going to let you be liberated. In fact, it says wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's no restriction. There's no bondage. There's no burden. There's freedom to, to do the right thing. Freedom to walk with God. Freedom to laugh and dance and sing and do the stuff that, you know, sin will keep you in shame. Sin will mess with you and just, you know, have your head down and remind you of all the garbage, all the litter, all the junk, all the stuff. And make you think that these stains could never be removed. That's why I like pressure washers. I like going to Home Depot because the first thing I do is ask for help. It's on the tag. How can I help? You ask somebody for help for a pressure washer, and you take the pressure washer to like your driveway, and it looks like this stuff is stained forever, but all you need to do is wash it away, and it looks brand new. In Isaiah, Jesus says, though your sins may be as crimson, I can wash it as white as snow. You might look like you think you got garbage, but by the blood of Jesus, come on, anybody thankful today? It's trash day. I'm getting all the junk, all the litter, all the filth, all the garbage out of here. Come on, let's get right. Let's stop playing games. Let's get holy. Let's get righteous. Let's get truth. Let's get godliness. Let's fear God. Let's serve God. It's no fun to serve God with garbage. He follows Ahaz. He's like, it's not going to work. Having Ahaz, God's around here, and the one true living God. 
I got to make space for God. That's why John the Baptist, when he came before Jesus, he came before Jesus and he said, you need to make a straight path, get rid of the garbage, prepare the way of the Lord. I want to tell you, prepare the new beginning. Prepare the new chapter. Prepare for God to do what only God can do. Prepare the new season. Prepare what God, God wants to do something that if God told you today, your ears would tingle. You wouldn't even believe it if somebody told you all the things that God wants to do in you and all the things that God wants to do through you. Give him a praise right now. If God's up to something. If you got a bunch of garbage, you're like, no, I ain't, I ain't nothing but a hoarder. I ain't nothing but a garbage collector. I ain't nothing but I got, I got this, this pile and that pile. Julia makes fun of me because a few years ago on Netflix, I watched a documentary called Minimalist. And her joke about me, I like throwing things away. Anybody else? I, I believe God's called me to throw it away. And if I don't throw it away, I'm taking it to goodwill, but it's got to go. And Julia makes fun of me. She says, you know, if you had your way, you want to live in a house where it looks like we got robbed. I was like, that's a good word right there. That is, that is, that, 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 how comforting would it be, though? <laughs> Some of us, you got so much clutter and junk, issues, stuff. It's garbage. Rubbish. You know what we're doing? Just a few miles away from here at our new building that we're renovating right now in Highland Park. You know what they're doing right now? They're getting rid of the rubbish. Let me just show you a photo. This is just, the team showed us this. They're just throwing stuff away. Why? Because they're getting ready for a new beginning. Because what God's about to do in there, all the rubbish has to go. Come on. Come on, Westside. Come on, Miguel. It's a new, it's trash day. It's trash day. And so let me ask you, what do you need to get rid of? What do you need to throw away? Don't point at nobody. Don't point at them. In the car, you could do that. But you need to get rid of some things. You need to prepare a path. Write down the last one. Worship team, come join. If you do all this, if you do all this stuff, here's what you could have. Number four, the result is in rejoicing. <laughs> Look at verse six. Then Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced that God had prepared the people since the events took place. So what's that last word? What's that last word? Everybody together. What's that last word up there? Suddenly. Suddenly. See, when you, when you get right and you live for God, what God begins to do is it's almost sudden what happens. Wait, suddenly I'm happy? Suddenly I'm just like, I'm over it? Suddenly I don't have bitterness anymore? Wait, hold on, hold on came to church and I was bound to this and in the presence of God you're just I got free like that you don't got to go to a bunch of classes for God to do a great work in the presence of the living God everything changes in the presence of God everything shifts so they rejoiced. The result was in rejoicing. They rejoiced, and they rejoiced greatly. They just 
they started rejoicing and rejoicing and rejoicing. Why? Because all the stuff got repaired and all the rubbish got removed and all the wrong got made right. And all of a sudden they were like, I think that God can do something with this. And I don't know how high they jumped because maybe they were cursed like me with not the ability to jump, but maybe they gave a little holy hop, you know, not something too, like maybe this far off the ground, just a little, just a little something. Like I'm not talking about crazy, but maybe they were just dancing and shouting and celebrating because everything was made right and everything was made prepared and everything was suddenly and everything was godly. I want to tell you, if you want to write a thank you letter to yourself, get right with Jesus today. If you want to get right with God, all it takes is repentance. And if you repent to God, God will restore you and God will repair you and God will help you and God will serve you and God will free you. It's a new beginning. But we don't get to just go, same me, new chapter. God's like, let's repent. Let's get rid of rubbish. Let's repair some things. Let's make some things right that were wrong. Some of us, we know exactly what God is saying right now. Because there were some things in the last chapter that you missed. Who cares? There's no crying over spilled milk. It's time to move on. It's time to move forward. It's time to step into your God-given potential. It's time to see God do great things. Oh, come on, do you believe it today, Zoe? Come on, stand to your feet. Let's pray together. Come on, Westside, let's pray together. Father, we thank you today that you're an awesome God, that you're an awesome, mighty God. And so we thank you that there's no rubbish that you can't clear out. There's no broken thing you can't repair. There's no wrong you can't make right. So we just acknowledge today that you're the God of Abraham. You're the God of Isaac. And you're the God of Jacob. Show up, God. Do what only you can do. We give you all the praise today. Oh, come on. Zoe, let's worship God. I saw it.